Mr. Klaus, you have a gift. You were meant for making toys. Hello and welcome to I Can't Believe It's Not the Mouse, the podcast all about animated movies not from Disney. I'm your host, Octavian Macias, and today we're pretty much right before Christmas. So with that, I figured, of course, let's do a Christmas animated feature. And what better one to do than Klaus? Now, of course, there's been plenty of Christmas animated movies, but the reason why I'm going with this one is that Klaus is, I mean, of course, it's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. Uh, but just to kind of get into into this, Klaus uh, came out a few years back. Uh, it was a Netflix uh, animated feature that managed to get a lot of attention. It, it um, ended up being one of the nominees for Best Animated Film, and in my opinion, it should have won. It was uh, going up against Toy Story 4, which, not a bad movie, but not one that I'd consider to be, you know, a true success. But, you know, that's what it is, is just sometimes you lose to the Disney movie because, you know, Disney is the animation name. Klaus, again, why choose it? Well, aside from the fact that it was, you know, a Best Picture nominee, a Best Animated Picture nominee, um, aside from it being something that I really like. It's just that of the many Christmas movies I've seen, uh, specifically animated, but even live action actually, this is one of the few where a lot of it you would think is very generic. Like a lot of it does follow like the typical tropes, like, you know, like the liar reveal trope or, you know, just stuff that you would normally assume uh, from whether it's Christmas stories or just movies in general. But it does it in a way that feels very sincere and genuine that it makes it feel kind of special even though a lot of it you kind of see coming from like a mile away if you if you've ever read um or or seen stories like this basically uh just to give you an idea of what the movie is the whole movie is um yet another take on the whole origin of santa we've seen that before we've seen Rankin Bass do it. We've seen, you know, more historical takes on it. Uh, we, we've seen different versions of, like, the whole origin of Christmas. But in this case, it paints it as, like, okay, the first Christmas happened because of the postman, which is something that I'm like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. A lot of these movies never really acknowledge the fact that a, a big part of the lore is sending letters to Santa, which means that the postman should be involved with these things a little bit more. Like, granted, not that it's never been thought of. I mean, I, I know there was, like, the whole Santa Claus is coming to town where um, you had the narrator of, of the story being, like, the postman, but that was more or less just because, like, okay, well, he's the one delivering the letters. So, of course, he knows just, like, how how it got started, but he's not really involved with the story beyond just narrating it. Uh, in this one, the main character is the postman that pretty much started and in some ways created a lot of the lore around it. And I think that's kind of interesting. It's kind of neat to see this um, postman who at the start of the movie is this selfish, like he's the son of like the head of the postman. Um, so he's like this rich, selfish brat. But along the way, because he's sent to this town that no one really likes and it's considered to be like a dead zone um, because you see like all the people are always fighting. He's sent there to basically learn the lesson, which, you know, of course, movie logic, movie, you know, like all that stuff. He learns his lesson. 
becomes a better person and all that. But it, it's still just an interesting way of doing it where it's like, okay, he's, you know, the, the postman and he's just here to basically get along with his life but accidentally creates this special holiday that people like while in this town of course no one wants to send letters no one really cares and through some mishaps he stumbles upon this old cab cabin which is um owned by this big burly man you, you know where this is going who has a bunch of toys and boom it's santa and of course um through through his mishaps um, the, the Santa fellow uh, character, um, or Klaus, as he's actually named, um, decides to give out a toy to one of the kids that had, um, that the main character, Jasper, had, um, a letter of, pretty much just a drawing, but, you know, it, it got the message across. So, from there, pretty much they keep on doing it every night, the town gets better, um, there's a teacher character that... Jesper falls in love with, but there's some people who are against this because they're like, no, the town should be mean. Also because there's like this whole feud that's going on within the town between um, two different families called the, the Crumbs and the Ellenbows, which is pretty much just like, you know, cheers like the, the black-haired part of the town and the red-haired um, part of the town, which is, I thought was kind of funny that, that they were right, split right down. Like, you know, what if... I mean, granted, of course, it's a cartoon, so you don't have to think about it. But what if, like, a, a, one of the redhead, like, uh, family, like the the the, the Allen Bows, had like a a black haired kid? Would they be kicked over to the other town? Uh, I mean, of course, you know that doesn't happen because you know it's it's a cartoon. But you know, it's something to you know fun that I thought about. I don't know. So they're they're pretty much trying to get rid of um, Jasper the second. Things start getting better, um, which is how. We eventually get to like the whole liar reveal where it's like, oh, you succeeded in your mission, uh, and because of that, you get to go home, and everyone realizes that you were just out for yourself, Jesper. But of course, you know he's already changed, so he decides to come back, and you know Christmas is saved, and we we get all of that. I mean, it is a very, um, like it really does feel like a very generic movie. But like I said, there's a lot of sincerity in it. There's a lot of genuine moments. That makes it feel less so. I mean, it, it is just a really beautiful movie. You know, just just um, to get it out of the way, the animation, some of the best I've ever seen. Uh, it's a 2D animated feature, but a lot of it, uh, at least according to the, the the people behind us, like the director, um, Sergio Pablos, um, I hope I'm saying that right, um, we're taking inspiration from like 3D animated features. And you can tell because a lot of the characters look like they have a lot of weight to them and dimension to their look like just because of the shadowing the coloring but it makes it look very interesting in 2d and i'm like see this is what i love about animation just the way you can explore and find new ways to do it like i know a lot of people have these this whole thing where it's like oh 2d versus 3d or whatever i'm like look i love all forms of animation it doesn't matter if it's 2d 3d stop motion whatever animation is fun to watch it's interesting and it's insane how something can be made out of just drawings moving objects around or even a computer so i don't really care my whole thing is just like look i do have a preference for 2d animation just because that's what i grew up with and because there's a lot of personality to it and 
you know, not to say that 3D doesn't have it, but when it comes to something like CG, you know, you won't have that that same um, personal look to it that a lot of 2D can offer when it's someone specifically drawing their, their own thing. And I know, of course, there's people who learn how to mimic other people's art style, which gets it close enough to the point that you can't notice it, but even then, it's still basing it off of someone's art style versus CG, where we're pretty much going into... A lot of times it's just, you know, whatever set um, look is there is for, like, a certain company or whatever's in time becomes, like, the common thing that they do. And, again, not that that's necessarily bad. It's, it's interesting. I, I just have a preference for 2D. And more more than that, I do have a, a love when for, for when movies decide to explore and expand what you can do with animation. Um... Like, you know, if, if it were CG, I, I love it when I see how they can make it look like 2D, or in this case, with it being 2D, how they can make it look like 3D, even though it's still clearly 2D. It's all very impressive stuff, and on that level, it's just some of the most impressive-looking animation I've ever seen in any movie, from the coloring to the movement to just the way everything looks. It's, it's insanely beautiful. And it just makes it feel like something incredibly unique. Even though, again, once you get down to what the film is, it's kind of generic. But this is one of those cases where it's like, it doesn't really matter because it's still a very well-told story. It's still a very well-told, a, a well-told, uh, yeah, like it's just a well-told story. And the, the stuff that is similar about it to other movies is done in a way where, at times, they play around with it uh, in ways that you wouldn't expect, and it makes it feel fresh, which, is, again, is why I, I like it. Like, even the, the movie's um, big climactic scene, it's like, okay, so, you know, we have Jesper, who realizes the error of his ways, decides to redeem himself by saving Christmas from the bad guys, uh, and it's this whole chase, and it's the kind of thing that you wouldn't normally see in any animated movie or most movies in general where it's like, okay, there's like this big, intense, climactic chase and whatnot. And while it does serve a purpose, while it sh showcases to us and to um, Klaus that, hey, look, he's changed, he's definitely being selfless, we then get a little twist in terms of, oh, yeah, it turns out that you didn't even have to go through all that. We already had um, this set up so that um, the bad guys would just destroy a bunch of um, faked stuff, and we send out the real toys right afterwards. You wasted your time. But again, it, it, it's it's neat in that regard, because it's like, okay, it's playing along with what we expect from these stories, but also not. And of course, like, you know, with it being a Christmas movie, you get, um, like, the little origins of, like, oh, how this came to be, how that came to be. And, and it's always just really fun stuff, like, um, like, they showcase, like, okay, how did... We get the whole, you know, being bad um, gets you a lump of coal. Well, in the movie, it's pretty much just like, okay, well, Jasper is the one who's often delivering the presents. It's just that Klaus gets the credit because he's the one who made it and he's the one that kids see. But um, Jasper is, like, actually being, like, tossed into the chimney because he's thin enough to fit in there. And at some point, I, he comes across a kid who's mean to him. So he's like, okay, let me just grab a bit of coal that, that the parents left and put it in his sock as a little fuck you. And... <laughs> that's kind of funny and you know of course it plays into like oh yeah you know 
uh, Klaus did that because he has a naughty list just to kind of fuck with the kid. And it's, it's throughout the movie that you get a little stuff like that. Like at one point when um, the bad guys are like trying to get a one-up on both Klaus and Jasper um, before the, the, the finale, they end up accidentally um, sending them flying to which one of the kids sees like the, the, the sleigh, you know, flying out not realizing that it's like oh no he's they're just being attacked and it, it just you know one of the things launched the sleigh up instead things like oh no it's because they're flying you know magical sleigh sand flies um jesper eats some cookies at one point while delivering the uh the gifts oh santa likes co- uh, cookies it's like oh if you leave you know socks right there that's where santa will put the toys Realistically, it's just him trying to avoid getting eaten by the dogs, and you know he just found that and just dropped it all uh, under. I don't know. It, it, I love little stuff like that, and it, it it is something that you would think feels a lot more annoying to to witness, but no, it it is a very well done story, despite the the stuff that's generic, which is always a, a great thing in movies. I mean. There's a lot of movies, and look, there's only so many stories you can tell. So whenever people complain about how something is generic, I'm like, okay, but is it generic in a good way or in a bad way? Because, you know, of course, tropes, cliches, those exist for a reason. Sometimes stories need that, and honestly, sometimes it works. Because sometimes um, what a movie is trying to do is much bigger than how it it, um, sets out to do it, if that makes sense. Like... In the case of this movie, look, we're trying to tell, you know, this pretty unique origin story of Santa, where the focus is the postman. That's already a pretty big idea, so how do we, you know, tell that in a way that, you know, functions as a story? Like, okay, well, we still gotta put in the stuff that you would normally expect from a story. Uh, Let's put in that the, the, the postman was, you know, some selfish brat. Um, maybe he's lying at the start, but then he he's not. Um, just stuff like that, just to you know get the story rolling, and that's that's fine. I, I really don't have a problem with that, and it's weird that a lot of people have tried turning that into a problem over the years, especially during the the rise of a lot of like internet commentary, like when when it comes to stuff like. And look, I I don't want to sound like I'm trying to start fights with anyone, but realistically, I'm like, look, some of these people kind of suck, like Cinema Sins. Look, if if you like it, fine. But it, I, I'm just saying, like, if that's where your your media criticism comes from, you might want to find something else. Just because when it comes to to stuff like Cinema Sins or others like that, a lot of their criticisms is so narrow minded that you pretty much lose an understanding of why certain things are charming and why certain things work the way they do because again there's a lot of stuff where it's like if a story is aiming to do something much bigger than what you would normally expect you might need to fall back on some cliche some tropes some let's say generic plot points just to kind of get your your thing across because there's of course going to be a lot of things that are going to matter more than some silly, you know, like, oh, is it different all the way through? Like, you can't always be different all the way through. You need some stuff that's reliable to work. Um, Like with this movie, you know, it's already doing a lot with trying to make this unique origin story of Santa 
we do need the story to kind of flow in a way that makes sense. So let's bring in the old cliches. Some of them will change up a little bit. Some of them will add more heart to it. But the trade-off to this will be that some of it will be um, stuff that we can see a mile away. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. As long as you're entertained, who cares if you see that? I mean, I, I can get how that would be a fault um, for some. And to an extent, I consider it um, one of the weaknesses in the movie. But it's such a minor thing that I don't really care. I don't know. It's kind of like um, what I've often felt when it comes to movies that set out to be um, big franchises. Stuff like Iron Man to the whole MCU or, you know, granted this hasn't had uh, sequels, but um, Detective Pikachu also had some stuff where it's like, okay, that's kind of generic. And it works because it's like, look, you're already trying to introduce this big, massive world. We can get by with some stuff that is reliably um, good storytelling, but stuff that we have seen elsewhere if it means that we can get the stuff that we haven't seen going. And that's that's what it pretty much comes down to, to for me. So, yeah, it, it is a, a fairly generic story in, in that, that regard, but the stuff that's really special about it is just great. The actors in this are all really doing um, good, good jobs. I mean, you have um, Jason Schwartzman as um, Jasper, and he's a lot of fun. Uh, early on, he kind of reminds me of Cusco from Emperor's New Groove. But um, as the movie goes along, it's like, okay, so he is his own character, and he is a lot of fun. Uh, you have Norm MacDonald and what I believe was his final role uh, in the movie. I'm not too sure. And... Yeah, you know, if you like Norm Macdonald, you'll love him in here. He gets a lot of funny moments, even with what little um, scenes he has. You have Joan Cusack and Will Sasso as like the heads of the, like the the Ellen uh, the Crumbs and the Ellen Bowles, the, the pretty much the the um, the two families that are fighting each other, and they're a lot of fun. Joan Cusack, you can tell, is is just having a blast um, doing this evil lady who. It's pretty much just, like, the brains of the two and, you know, even acknowledges at some point, like, wait, why are we still at war with you if you're this dumb? Yeah, you get a lot of stuff. Like, Rashida Jones, yeah, I believe it's Rashida Jones, shows up as, like, the love interest. And even though it's not one of the most unique characters you get, she still gives a, a good performance and there's a lot to um, enjoy in there. J.K. Simmons is great as Santa Claus. He's one of the best... Um, film uh, Santa Claus characters I've ever seen. I mean, J.K. Simmons is honestly normally great in whatever he's in, whether it's in voice roles or in live action. So, you know, take lots of love for that. So, yeah, this is definitely uh, a really fun movie. It's one of the better Netflix movies over the past few years. Um, That was made specifically for Netflix because, of course, we've gotten some really good movies uh, outside of that, but that's because of the pandemic, so, you know, don't really count that. But in terms of animation, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, so Netflix can be really serious about this stuff, and they have been in some cases. I know uh, after this, they would do um, The Willoughbys, which is another one that's really good that I'll have to talk about sometime. I know people were mixed to this or were flat-out negative, but I actually did enjoy America the Motion Picture. Um, but yeah, of, of the bunch, I would say this is still the, the highlight of, of them, and... 
it's a, a real shame that this movie did not get the, the love it deserved at the Oscars. And, of course, it doesn't really matter. I mean, at the end of the day, what matters more is that it gets any attention at all. But it's still one of those things like, man, you know, you don't always have to give it to, to Disney and Pixar. You know that, right? Uh, you know, you can give it to this. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if it got some love in some other award circles. Maybe the Annie's. I'm not sure. But it, it definitely deserves it. I mean, you know, like I said, the animation, incredibly beautiful. Some of the best. The movie itself, really great, even when it's, you know, more cliche, you know, full of the tropes that we expect. It still manages to do it in a way that feels genuine. Um, it's just a really fun, sincere movie. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much more I can get into this um, without repeating myself too much. And I probably already have. Um... I mean, if anything, I do appreciate the the backstory that they give um, Klaus in this to kind of say, like, okay, this is why he creates toys. It's one of the more tragic um, versions of the character in that regard, and I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a really good movie, and honestly, I I just want more people to watch it. If I can convince a lot of you to watch it before Christmas, um, as this episode is airing uh, prior to that, great. If you decide to, if you watch this episode after Christmas, you can actually watch this movie even after Christmas. I mean, yeah, of course, by the end of it, it, it is very heavily on the holiday and for that mood. But for a good chunk of the movie, even though there's snow around, um, it feels like uh, a movie that you could watch at any point of the year and it really is good i mean realistically you can watch a christmas movie um a christmas movie any time of the year i mean i don't know i know people have turned out into the tradition until waiting until the time of the year and to be fair it's easy to fall into that because there's a lot of movies out there but you know if a movie is good enough you can watch it at any point and it'll still be fun regardless and yeah, that's the case with this. I mean, the closest thing that I really got to an actual thing that kind of bugged me throughout the movie, not enough to turn it into a deal breaker, um, but definitely more so than the, the generic stuff in the story, is just some of the music that comes out on this comes randomly, um, and it just never really mesh as well like the only one that actually does is just there's this musical sequence where um jesper and um klaus make it like a sleigh for this little girl uh people believe it's like uh a swami i think that's what they call it um but it's like this this indigenous um tribe of people pretty much um in the snow and there's like a song that's that's playing throughout the scene and that one's actually a really nice one not the greatest song around or anything but it, it meshes well with the scene but then you get other ones where it's like when say jesper is telling like the bad kid off um there's like a song like oh um that's what happens when you get the postman or something i don't know like i heard something like that in the song but it's supposed to be like this cool rap song or whatever going off like oh yeah look at how bad he is and it just feels random like the first time i saw this uh which i was lucky enough to see it in the theater because this is a netflix movie so most Netflix movies, at best, if they get a theatrical run, get, like, only one week, and even then, it's usually 
within theaters that you'll most people will never um, get into. But anyways, um, that one was um, one where like when I first saw it, I was kind of like, wait, what, what are they playing now? Um, do you hear like the whole "How you like me now"? Um, at the start of like the the, the letters being made, and again, it's just kind of like, eh, I don't know. I mean, again, it's not a deal breaker, but it is like distracting, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, on the whole, Klaus, really beautiful movie, both from the animation, the voice acting. Um, I say both. I mean, in general, I mean. All this stuff, like the the animation, the voice acting, the way the story is told, it's all just really great. Even when it feels familiar, it's just a solid, beautiful movie. And honestly, yeah, go watch it. Um, so with that, I just want to say thank you for listening to this. This has been Octavio Macias, host of I Can't Believe It's Not the Mouse. And if you enjoyed this, please consider subscribing to my YouTube channel, Sycam Films. That's where I do the video versions, which is, if you're watching this, this is what you're seeing. But I also have audio versions of this podcast in places like Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Most, uh, like, like a lot of the places that you would listen to podcasts. Consider sharing this uh, with people you know, people you like, you know, all that stuff to keep this growing. And if you want to support me even more, there's Patreon. Just go over to patreon.com slash sidecams. That's S-A-I-C-A-M-S. Patreon.com slash sidecams. And yeah, you can support me. You can give me a dollar. You can give me more. Right now, the only thing I really offer is for people to get their names onto to my videos um, in the thank you section as this channel to just grow i will find other ways to to give like tears i guess um to to people who support me um find ways to you know further get this going i mean realistically the patreon is aside from just getting me equipment to this it's also to help me live um it's it's a way to keep my focus on this um maybe expand on more stuff but yeah that's pretty much what I, I i'd like to add um in any case considering what's coming up i want to say merry christmas if you don't celebrate christmas that's okay happy holidays happy hanukkah whatever holiday you celebrate that's great so yeah thank you for listening and i hope to see you next time what happened not a word you just sit there be all magical and awesome what